0: Listening to
1: the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Mission sequence start.
0: Tell Elijah one has David Robinson just bamboozled Kelly out of the corner for three. Minutes. Don't
1: ever underestimate the heart of a champion. Yeah. The Houston Rockets select Yao Ming. McGrady at the buzzer. Yeah. yeah. To hard. On Thompson steps right. shoots for the win. Of three, got it! I know what we need to do. I know exactly what we need to do. Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I know what's at stake. It's going to be scary. Not for us.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast, presented by Clutch City Control Room. Your home for all things Houston hoops. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Aline, founder of fadeawayfinance.com, which is a site dedicated to marrying business and basketball with a particular focus on the Houston Rockets. And you can find me at Twitter at Justin Lev.
1: I'm your second host, Dex Hinton. And you can find me on Twitter at Dex Hinton. I don't have a fancy website or anything. I'm just a dude. I'd be talking about hoops. Um, but be sure to follow the official Clutch City Control Room account as well at Clutch City CR. And hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd greatly appreciate it.
0: So uh, Dex and I are going to talk about, obviously, uh, the Rockets, uh, Lakers, uh, Western uh, Conference Semifinals, uh, Game 2. The Rockets lost 109-117 to to the Lakers. Um, And, you know, now the series is tied 1-1. And so today we're going to spend uh, the first half sort of breaking down uh, Game 2 as well as briefly talking about Game 1. Uh, since the last time we were on uh, on the air was Thursday. And then in the second part of the podcast, we'll talk about adjustments the Rockets can make uh, heading into game three. So Dex, um, first things first, let's talk about, uh, briefly, let's talk about game one. What are your thoughts, your takeaways from, from that performance from the Rockets?
1: So game one kind of uh, emphasized some of the things that I feel like a lot of Rockets Twitter have been talking about why we wanted this matchup with the Lakers, um, especially compared to playing OKC. Um, I think a lot of people thought, oh, they struggle with OKC. That means they'll struggle with the Lakers because the Lakers are a better team. But I think that this matchup is a lot better for the Rockets than the OKC matchup was. And game one kind of showed why um, the Lakers don't have as good of guards as OKC does. And you could see defensively in game one, at least, um, we'll talk about what changed in game two. But in game one, that definitely helped the Rockets out and, you know, let them guard way better uh, than they did against OKC. Um, And obviously, we didn't have the greatest offensive performance in the world, but it didn't matter because we played such good defense. Uh, Obviously, like I said, we'll talk about what changed in game two. But, uh, yeah, game one was super encouraging, winning by 15 on just a pretty ho-hum offensive night for everybody.
0: Yeah, I thought, um, you know, it was it was a, a prototypical Harden game one playoff game. I feel like Harden always has a really solid game one, and he, you know, obviously did exceptional. Um, you know, he scored uh, very efficiently. And, um, you know, I think – but to, to your point, Dex, I mean – you know, it wasn't um, to me. It wasn't uh, just a a great um, offensive game for the for the Rockets. I mean, even though this, they scored more points, um, you know, they shot uh, they shot better than th- at, at three point clip in game two. Um, Harden was really the only you know, Harden and Westbrook were, were the main scores. Gordon actually was well, and um, it's actually encouraging that he scored. 23 points in Game One, and also scored I think 24 points in this game, Game Two. But um, but outside of those three, uh, there really wasn't any much more production from from the Rockets, and so it wasn't a, a game where all the the whole team was firing all cylinders. And um, Harden, you know, kind of put up his 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 averages for the season, and really got whatever he wanted. Uh, Westbrook was <laughs> Was much better in this game one than in game two, which we'll talk about obviously in a second. Um, but overall, the the game was really won on on defense, in my mind. Um, you know, there, you know, LeBron James being a minus fifteen uh, that doesn't happen very often, and so it, you know, I think the Lakers were really caught off guard by the Rockets' small ball defense. And um, you know, the 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 biggest stat that really popped out for me for that game one was really the Rockets and the Lakers uh, had the same amount of rebounds at the end of the day, 41 for each team. And if the Rockets who are much smaller than the Lakers are winning the, or winning, or at least being on par on the rebound battle, then um, that is, uh, you know, that's where you hurt, hurt the Rockets uh, with their height. And if you can't do that on the rebounding end, then, then it's trouble for the opposing team.
1: Yeah, if you are going to let the small ball Rockets keep pace with you on the rebounds and, you know, score a lot in the paint like the Rockets did, they only made 14 threes and still scored 112 points. Obviously, they're getting a lot of points from the paint and from the free throw line. But uh, if you're going to let them do that, then you don't really have a chance to beat them. Uh, Obviously, L.A. adjusted some things um, and kind of kept the Rockets at bay rebounding-wise and – uh, in pain points. They dominated us in pain points in game two. Um, but yeah, game one, like I said, just super encouraging. Um, just kind of backing up some of what we had mentioned as far as the matchup goes and, uh, just the viability of small ball for sure.
0: Yeah. So let's, now that we've, you know, we talked about game one, let's, let's get into the meat of game two, uh, decks, uh, you know, what do you, you know, a lot, a lot to unpack here. Um, where do, where do you want to start first?
1: I feel like you have to start with the obvious. Russell Westbrook had an absolutely awful game. <laughs> just terrible. If he's even regular bad in this game, and instead of just, like, historically one of the worst games we've ever seen him play, then the Rockets probably win this game. He was just god-awful down the yeah. Stretch.
0: Uh, i Yeah. You know, the thing is um, – look, he had obviously the most amount of turnovers uh, of the game. He had seven turnovers, uh, but I feel like a lot of those turnovers were, were live ball turnovers, which are really, really problematic uh, against the Lakers. The Lakers are one of the best transition uh, teams in the league. They just get downhill. And then when, if they get downhill, it's really, it's over um, in my mind. And so, that was, Russ was was just, he was a minus 14, which I feel like he was worse. Um, and this remind, reminded me, at least, of game six against OKC, where he, you know, really just, I think he tried too hard. And uh, I don't know what it is, Dex, but I just feel like, you know, his handles are just all over the place. He can't seem to really penetrate without, you know, it, it, the Lakers are a harder team to penetrate because, you know, he, you know, driving to the bucket, like you're going to be met by some pretty tall players and LeBron and, you know, and, and, uh, AD who can really, you know, per, you know, protect the, the rim. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping he, he gets better, but he should not be taking seven three-pointers. Like.
1: Yeah, for me, it's like I understand that once you get to the paint, the Lakers are a very tall team, and they're going to have good contests. But the problem with Russ is, like, just even going to the paint, he's losing the ball for no reason. Just, like, dribbling it off his leg or just losing control of it or, you know, kind of funneling it to some other player, a sloppy pass or whatever. Like, he, if he was driving to the paint and, like, just – constantly getting his shot thrown by LeBron James, which he did multiple times in game one and game two. Um, You know, that's one thing you can live with it. He's, he's short. The Rockets are short, whatever, but just losing the ball for no reason, having it just drift into the hands of Lakers players can't have that. And he was killing us tonight. And then the fouls. Yeah. Some of them were just incredibly stupid, man. Like I think he got, he got LeBron on a three point shot just for no reason whatsoever um obviously the fifth foul running into the into rondo it's bang bang play uh the lakers challenged it they got that fifth foul called on Russ. but some of a lot of those fouls were just stupid and unnecessary especially that one they gave lebron three free throws You, you just can't have that
0: yeah i mean i think to talk about the foul game there's there's two things that really stood out with me with russ was obviously the the first quarter when when the lakers went on their run um and Markeith Morris hit four, three pointers in a row, which, you know, what are the odds of that happening? Um, but that lineup was, it had Russ and rivers in there. And I just, the Rockets need shooters. Um, and you know, even, you know, Jeff and Gunny, Mark Jackson kind of brought it up in the fourth quarter when Russ was out and they even made the point of now he said, now Harden has, four shooters uh, surrounding him, which is, which is the, the blueprint that the Rockets have been working with over the, for the whole NBA era. And Russ obviously brings a new, new uh, uh, facet to the offense, but if he can't become the Russ of January, then, you know, we're going to have some issues because obviously he's not a, he's not a shooter. Rivers has been extremely inconsistent uh, for the whole playoffs and, he only played six minutes tonight, which just shows you, you know, how much faith MDA has in him at this point. So there was that, that – I think it was that – part of that six minutes was in that end of that first quarter when, you know, and I think that's – that was killer. And then the second thing that was obviously killer was that fifth foul on Westbrook at the end of the third, which was a Scott Foster special. And um, – you know, I think uh, to start the fourth quarter. You know, the Rockets made that huge run in the third, but you know, I I kind of knew in the back of my head like they can't shoot like that forever. And I think in the fourth quarter, uh, LeBron and AD just they just took advantage of Westbrook with that fifth foul, who was not who basically couldn't play defense at that point. So. That's
1: my whole thing. If you know that Russ can't go out there and actually play defense because LeBron James or Anthony Davis whoever is going to run at him, and if he like stands there, he's going to get a block and get fouled out. Just don't play him. Play anybody right. else in those minutes. Try Ben McLemore. Try Austin Rivers again. Do something else because Russell Westbrook wasn't giving you nearly enough on offense to justify – leaving him in there on defense, knowing that he couldn't actually defend the way that he needed to. Um, I Absolutely inaccusable for MDA to continue playing him in that fourth quarter as the Lakers started to turn the tide. Because the Rockets went in – I want to say they went into the fourth quarter up five.
0: Uh, then, they were up, yeah, I think they were up – no, they, I think they were up only two maybe. or I can't remember. They might have been up
1: only two, but then yeah. they would like bounce back to five or whatever.
0: Yeah. And
1: eventually okay. – like. The Lakers would go up like six or eight or whatever, and it's like, dude, sit Russ down. Like you can't, you can't keep playing him. You just, you just cannot. So yeah. that's partially on Russ, partially on MDA. They got to figure that out. You can't continue to let Russ lose you the game because we yeah. could all see it. Like he just was unplayable for that opening stretch of the fourth quarter. Yeah,
0: I mean, he. I'm debating whether this was a worse game or Game Six of last series for him and. I don't know the answer. I think game six was worse because it was, you know, it's a game six and this is just a game two. So the Rockets have a little bit more time to figure this out, but Russ just needs to be better. Um, And, you know, I I don't know the, really the, the, if he can't drive like he was doing in January, he needs to be dishing out uh, to players. And like, you know, he did have, how many assists do you have this? We only had four assists, which is not good. I mean, he, 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 in in a lot of ways, like he, if he's with shooters, uh, when Harden sits or with Harden, like, I think he can be extremely effective because he can penetrate, but if he's not able to penetrate and dish it out to guys. And, you know, I think in, in the OKC series, he wasn't as crisp with his passes. And, and, you know, I think he's a little bit better on that, but, the biggest thing to me that's worrisome is just he just can't control the ball. So,
1: yeah, I have no idea what it is because um, you know in the OKC series he was just coming back from injury. You could attribute it to Russ, not like being a game speed or whatever. But it's been a couple of weeks now that he's been playing, and it's like, dude, if you if you can't dribble the ball, I don't, I don't know what you can do for us here.
0: Um, yeah, I it's. It's going to be interesting how they adjust with him. Hopefully, he adjusts. I mean, he had a great game seven, uh, and you know against OKC. So I'm hoping he can adjust here. And it's just the reality is the Rockets. You know, Russ is he brings you a, a different dimension to your offense, but he also is there's a lot of variance with him. <laughs> so yeah,
1: he's a competitor though. So I think he'll be back and ready to go for game three. Um, I think we'll see him not take seven three pointers ever again. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think that'll be sustainable. I think he'll go back to that mid range shot, that cotton shot as he calls it, or the um,
0: the, the backboard shot. Yeah, the whatever.
1: The bank is it wasn't open. It's Labor Day Sunday, um, so <laughs> he didn't have that night. But I think he'll go back to that mid range shot, that pull up jumper. And if he gets a couple of those to go early, then I think that he'll write that momentum into a much better game three than he had in game two.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's, let's switch gears, talk about some other stuff. Uh, I think, um, you know, the, the bench production was obviously not great. Um, you know, uh, house had a great game. Uh, he, you know, shot how many, what was his three pointer attempts? He shot, um, three for seven. To, yeah. So he was, he was pretty good. Um, you know, uh, um, but outside of that, like, I'm, I'm getting a little worried because uh, we're seeing now the seven-man rotation <laughs> out of NBA. Like, outside of uh, House and Green, no one else got minutes, uh, really, on the bench. I mean, Rivers got six minutes. Macklemore got three minutes. Uh, took one shot the whole game. And uh, that's that's just a problem. And, and, you know, I mean, I, you know, I know – we're always getting short rotations with NBA, but I do think that like I'd wish just maybe he would give Malcolm some more minutes, uh, especially in that start of that fourth quarter where the offense was just not there. I mean, the Rockets only scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. Um, You know, they went on that huge run in the fourth or in the third quarter when they just couldn't miss from three, but you knew like that wasn't sustainable. And I think, you know, they went on an incredible run, but I, I just always knew that the Lakers were going to come back because the Rockets can't sustain that kind of shooting forever. So, I mean, they shot um, 41.5% from three, but the Lakers actually shot 44% from three, which also doesn't really happen very often. So, um, and then... Uh, <laughs> I think you point this out, but I was I was actually shocked that uh, Rondo was a plus twenty eight, which the game. makes
1: absolutely <laughs> no sense to me. That, <laughs> what? Like that can never happen again. Uh, like, I don't. I'm not saying it won't happen again. I'm saying it can't happen again. Like you cannot allow that to ever be a thing. Razon Rondo looked like one of the worst players I've ever seen in game one, um, and Lakers fans were rioting that he was in the game like every everyone was extremely upset that Rondo got to play twenty five minutes in game one, and he looked absolutely awful and then in game two, you allow him to be a plus twenty eight It's not like he like had an out of body experience from three or anything. he shot one of five, he shot four of nine from the field, only had ten points, but he had nine assists and was causing a lot of havoc on defense um Like I said, he got that fifth foul on Russell Westbrook. Yeah, which I you can't let Rondo be a plus twenty eight and win this series.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely a pest. I mean, I'm not. I don't know if he's a how good of a perimeter defender is he. I mean, is he? I'm not. I don't know well enough about his defense. I know he's obviously a pest on defense, but like, can he contain the Rockets uh, on the perimeter?
1: Usually, no. Um, yeah. He, I don't think anybody on the Lakers actually can contain on the perimeter, and that's why you see them run the zone that they run, or uh, you know, sending the hard doubles on Harden or Westbrook. They don't have any perimeter defenders like they don't. They don't have a lewd Like they, they're not going to be able yeah. to hold their own in isolation like that. Um, so yeah, that's why you see them get kind of tricky with their defense um hopefully you know the rackets have seen it and they're able to adjust you know yeah mda for adjust offensive adjustments but um yeah we'll see rondo's definitely not that guy though
0: yeah i think you know i just i'm um, you know you knew lebron was gonna bounce back the thing about davis is that i'm not you know i'm not cra- i'm not too worried about davis i mean he he was a Minus seven, and a lot of the shots that he made were some fadeaway jumpers, which, you know, the Rockets can live with. You know, I think, you know, if he makes them great, and he's really good at making them, you know, it's it's kind of like uh, Kevin Durant, you know, in the Warriors series. Um, you know, he, he can make that shot and makes it more than Davis, but it's just something you got to live with. And, um, you know, the thing that really... Uh, hurts the Rockets and, the, and a lot of these turnovers happened because of Russ, but um, the Rockets committed 17 turnovers and you just can't, the Rockets can't win with small ball if they're committing 17 turnovers. I mean, LA only committed 15 and the whole point of small ball is to have the other team commit more turnovers than the Rockets. And that to me was a big issue. The other thing i want to point out um, also is that I just, Harden was just kind of in the second half. I just, he was not even like offensively. Like I just, I felt like he wasn't even like in, in the rhythm. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Watching the fourth quarter, I was like literally yelling at my computer screen, just shoot the ball um, because he, he just wouldn't for a long time until it was too late. Um, Obviously we want, harden to like get a lot of assists and help incorporate the other guys into the offense but sometimes you just got to take over you got to make those shots and he just wasn't he wasn't shooting them at all only 12 field goal attempts in this game yeah Uh,
0: that's got to change russ had
1: 15 field goal attempts gordon had 16 (laughs) Harden only had 12 yeah daniel house had 10 like you harden's got to shoot more shots yeah he's got to shoot more i
0: mean he he normally shoots like 13 three-pointers a game, or 12, or whatever his average is. I mean, he only shot eight. Like, I mean, you need more – I don't know. He wasn't as aggressive getting into the into the hoop, and maybe, maybe he's just – sometimes I feel like he needs to – he wants to get the other players involved more so, and, like, it was working definitely in the third quarter. Uh, but in that fourth quarter, you just – you always hope that, like, he kind of – he doesn't have to like completely take over, but to not to only have eight three pointer attempts in the whole game like is just not encouraging and, and giving those attempts to Russ, I mean it's when he's having the game he was having it just was not it's not good strategy in my mind. Um anyway, let, um do you have anything else to talk about on game two before we take our, our break and we talk about game three? Nope,
1: let's take it to the break. All right. Support for this podcast comes from AT and T. 5G from AT&T is fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. So, should you switch? Well, historically, those were the reasons new tech was adopted. Neanderthals saw that fire heated things fast and made their caves secure from rampaging woolly mammoths. The ancient Romans saw that the aqueducts were a reliable and fast way to transport water, so they stopped carrying water jugs on their backs and adopted them nationwide. Oh, and uh, 1800s Victorians saw electricity light up rooms fast and be more reliable than candles blowing out. So they stopped bumping into walls and made it nationwide. Today is no different. Switching to AT&T 5G is kind of a no-brainer. I mean, historically speaking, it's smarter than candles, water pots, and hungry dinosaurs. AT&T 5G, it's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan may not be in your area. See att.com slash
0: 5G for you for details.
1: Welcome back to the Launchpad Podcast. Me and Justin are about to talk about our predictions for Game Three, things we want to see changed, adjustments we want to see made. Justin, I know that uh, the defense was terrible, especially in that first quarter. Uh, yeah. What do you think the Rockets can do on defense to counterpunch the Lakers' counterpunch?
0: Just, I mean, just get back to doing what they were doing in Game One. I think, you know, honestly, the the defense was. I felt like the defense was was pretty good in the second half. It wasn't um, especially in that third quarter. um, I think that they just they they just gotten because Russ got into foul trouble. And, and, you know, like you pointed out, MDA probably should have kept him out to start the fourth, but he didn't. And so he was a liability on defense because of that. You know, he had five fouls. I think the Rockets like the blueprint. I think is is good. I think the biggest issue for this game too was really that the Rockets got caught off guard from the Lakers' zone defense. And so um, defensively, like I think they they did as they did all right. Um, I think they I don't know did they how many rebounds did the Lakers have to them this game? They had they had Rockets had thirty five rebounds and the Lakers had forty one. So not a huge discrepancy, actually. I I can live with that. But um, the biggest thing to me was that, like, they still had the Lakers commit 15 turnovers. Um, You know, they they stole the ball seven times, but the problem was the Lakers had the Rockets commit 17 turnovers, and they stole the ball 11 times. So the whole thing about small ball defense is to basically – you're creating – the Rockets are creating more turnovers for the opposing team and the Rockets are committing less turnovers and that's how you win the win on the on the defensive end. So I just would like to see really the turnover discrepancy favor more of the Rockets more than anything.
1: Yeah. For me, I would say part of it was that our offense was so disconjointed that it led to, especially in the first quarter, it led to the Lakers kind of taking advantage and getting some easy looks um even just off of just regular misses and not turnovers uh lakers outscored us on the fast break 20 to 6 um yeah we've we gotta slow them down there were a couple there were a couple of times where we like made shots and the lakers just threw the ball really quick down the court and got an easy layup just because i guess we were caught flat footed getting back or something like that but yeah we have to kind of slow the game back down um I think we did that in the third quarter, and honestly, the Lakers didn't have an amazing quarter or anything like that in the fourth either. We just struggled on offense. Um, yeah, yeah, they I only think- they only
0: scored twenty seven points in that fourth quarter. So, like we we scored seventeen. So, like um, you know that that's just not. And I kind of you know a lot of that has to do with the fact I think you know we just kind of we were climbing back from a was it 16 point deficit, you know, to start the third quarter. And so that's, that's a big hill to climb. And so I, in, in my mind, like I'm glad we, we clawed back and got a five point lead or whatever, how big of a lead we got. But at the end of the day, like, you know, it's a game of runs and, and to me, it's just, so we lost the game in the first, you know, in that, this first final, those final minutes in the first quarter where, we just couldn't commit – we couldn't create anything on offense. And I, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like Rivers and Russ sharing the court and not really having enough shooters is, to me, is like a death knell. So like one thing I'd like to see, at least on the offensive end, and I don't know if NBA is going to do this, but, you know, give Macklemore some minutes. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? Dex?
1: Yeah, I definitely want to see Macklemore play at least 10 minutes in game three. Um He only got up one shot attempt. He missed it, but it was a good look. And um, he wasn't that bad on defense. He ended up being a plus three in just his three minutes. Um, I think that you definitely got to let him keep playing until he shows you that you can't play him. Because playing Jeff Green 22 minutes and him being a minus 26, not scoring any points, having four fouls, um, taking a nut shot from Anthony Davis, you, you just yeah. can't. You just can't let that keep happening and not play Ben Mclemore at all. Austin Rivers being terrible, can't let that just keep happening. Uh, you got to at least try Ben Mclemore for a longer stretch. I think.
0: Yeah, I think Mclemore. I mean, the thing I don't understand with NBA is that he he gave Green, you know, all those minutes, you know, when he was here with uh, Gerald Green when he was here with the Rockets, you know, the, you know, the last couple of seasons and, and Macklemore is essentially that guy. He's, he fills in the green role. Like, you know, green was never that great on defense. Macklemore is, you know, not great on defense, but, you know, he's definitely not horrendous. He's definitely gotten better. Um, and I think you can, you know, the the question is, I mean, it, you know, the thing I'm thinking about is, you know, are the Lakers going to target him and switch on to him? And if they do, then, there could be some issues there. Um, but honestly, like at at this point, to me, what's concerning more than anything is the offense. Um, I think the defense will be fine. Um, but in that, like I said, in that first quarter, the Rockets could just not score. And, and that to me is a problem. I mean, you know, we, Rockets defense is getting a lot of attention, but their offense is can be spotty, which is crazy to think about given the Rockets have had, you know, one of the top offenses in the in the league, you know, since NBA came.
1: Yeah, for sure. Something I think that MDA should try doing—I I know that he won't, but I think he should try—is playing Mclemore for more of Rondo's minutes mm-hmm. because part of what Rondo was doing on defense was just kind of sagging to the middle, not really guarding anybody and trying to cut off passes. Um, the Rockets were forced into a lot of cross court passes, especially early. Um, and Ronda would just kind of be playing center field, not really guarding anybody in particular. Uh, so if you put Macklemore in those minutes, you have to stay close to him on the three point line. Cause if you don't, he's going to put it up immediately as soon as he catches it, whether he's, there's a, a good contest you not and I think that McLemore is a good enough shooter that you let him shoot those and make them if you're the Rockets um, and then on the defensive end if he's playing against Rondo you can have him guard Rondo because yeah. you're not you're not guarding him on the three point line like you would anybody else like even Alex Caruso you have to at least pay attention to on the three point line so I think uh, having Mclemore match up with Rondo would be a good adjustment. That is actually
0: offense. Yeah, that's definitely a good idea. Cause you're right. Cause when Rondo, I mean, Rondo can't really, he's not great at penetrating. I mean, he did hit that midy at the end, which was just perfect. <laughs> but like, um, that basically sums up this game. Um, but he, he, uh, yeah, I I agree with that. Like if you can match him with Rondo, who, you know, basically the Rockets sag off on, on defense then like, it can work. And I mean, he, he definitely like, I don't know why he, I mean, NBA pulled the plug so much on him. I mean, he's your, he's a 40% three point shooter. He's your best three point shooter on the, on the bench and um, on the team really. So, I mean, to me, like, just give it a shot. I mean, I think like, this is the series to give him some burn. I understand not playing him with OKC because like, you know, the, gu- the guards can kind of take him off the dribble. But here, like, I just – outside LeBron and AD, there's really – I don't think there's really anyone on the Lakers that can penetrate. So just, you know, why not, you know?
1: Yeah, especially when the rest of the bench gives you absolutely nothing outside of Daniel House. I mean, Jeff Green – Minus twenty six. Like it didn't feel that way <laughs> watching it, but the minus twenty six, man. Like you it's can't crazy play him twenty two minutes.
0: It's crazy thing because he had such a great series with OKC. It just, it just really, just it's amazing how some players are geared towards one series and not geared towards the other. Like, but Jeffrey, even against, yeah, uh,
1: even in game one, he had a decent game. He wasn't a minus twenty. I think he was a plus ten in game one. Yeah, that's but fair. I have no idea what was going on the night for Jeff Green.
0: Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you know. How do you How do you feel about How do you feel about game three, Dex? What do you, How do you think the Rockets perform?
1: I expect a win in game three. Um, I think that Russ won't play as badly as he did in this game. And I think that MDA having seen the Lakers counterpunch will have another counterpunch. Cause I don't, I don't know what the Lakers can't hope for much better on defense than what they got tonight. Honestly. Yeah. Um, and MDA seeing it and being able to adjust to it. I think the Rockets can come out and get a win.
0: I think so too. I think I feel, feel pretty good so far. I think the Rockets can win game three. Um, that, to me, like, the one thing that I'm just a little hesitant about is that the Rockets had a great three-point shooting game and they they still lost, which is not great, but at the same time, the what I noticed was that the Rockets just were not penetrating as much in this game, and there was also, like, in that first quarter, like, the Rockets were penetrating, but they just couldn't somehow, for some reason, not get the bounce. Like, there was a lot of blown layups and, you know, those things add up, so I think they'll win game three. Um, I think MBA will go back to the board and, and see how to this, – this zone defense really was, was kind of what caught the caught the Rockets off guard. So we'll see how they counterpunch. I, I hope for like a better defensive performance and a, a middling offensive performance like, like game one was, and I'll take that all day. So um, Dex, anything else to add before we wrap things up?
1: Rockets and six.
0: (laughs) Uh, Rockets and six. Uh, I'll I'll take that. Um, So uh, that's that's about going to do it for this today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: If you appreciate the consistent digital and podcast breakdowns, analysis, speculation, all the great stuff we've got going on on Clutch City CR. Please consider clicking the link in the description. Check out our monthly Patreon subscription options. Help us keep the lights on.
0: And as always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Launchpad Podcast covering your Houston Rockets.